It's new. It's amazing. It's Prell. P-R-E-L-L. Procter & Gamble's new radiant cream shampoo in the handy tube. Prell brings you the life of Riley. Prell, the shampoo that removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes and leaves hair radiantly clean, radiantly lovely, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Well, they say that opportunity only knocks once, but it never knocks at Chester A. Riley's door. Oh, it doesn't have to. Riley goes out, waylays it, and drags it home, which is exactly what he's doing at this moment. Hey, Peg! Peg, where are you? Uh, Peg. Oh, hello, dear. Uh, Peg, I gotta have five dollars. Hello, darling. Riley, Mr. Gibson just phoned you. You know, he's your colonel in the community chess campaign. Yeah, never mind that now. I gotta have five dollars. He wanted to know how much money you collected for the drive. Peg, please don't bother me about money. I'm asking you for five dollars. <laughs> what for? Well, I got a great opportunity. Today I met a fellow... Oh, who... I see. Riley, when are you gonna learn? The last time you met a fella, you spent a whole week's pay for that insurance policy. Well, what of it? Every family needs insurance. Yes, but not against icebergs. <laughs> this has got nothing to do with icebergs. For $5, I can buy Dr. Flexo's Marvel Muscle Builder. Muscle Builder? Yeah. What, what on earth do you want with a thing like that? Well, it's just what I need. Here, here listen what it says on this circular. Do your muscles sag? Are you getting fat and flabby? In 30 days, we guarantee to make you a Greek god. You? Yeah. A Greek god? Why not? In 30 days? The god part, yes, the Greek may take a little longer. <laughs> oh, Riley, you just can't spend money on foolishness like that. Foolishness? Don't you want your husband to have a good figure? Read what it says there. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Your wife will thrill at your manly physique. Don't you want to be thrilled? <laughs> well, not for five dollars. I can go to the movies and see Cary Grant for 30 cents. You give me five dollars and you can have Cary Grant in the house, night and day. Oh, forget it, dear. It's just a waste of money. Well, it's my money. I earn it, don't I? And I guess I can spend my money any way I want to. So let me five dollars, will you, Peg? <laughs> Where am I going to get it? Ah, oh, don't give me that, Peg. You've got a little bankroll stashed away somewhere. Me? A bankroll? You mean to tell me you don't lie to me and hold out a few bucks from the house money every week? Uh -huh. Why, I do not. I never lied to you in my life. Fine wife you turned out to be. <laughs> Just five dollars, Peg. I haven't got Here it. Here I've got a chance to improve myself in my now, spare time. Now, there are more important things you can do with your spare time. How about getting to work on the community chess drive? You insisted they make you captain of the district. Well, I'm working on it. Don't I wear a red feather in my hat? Oh, you haven't done one solitary thing so far. How can you say that? Didn't I make up a list of names to contact? You did not. I got those names out of the phone book. And who handed you the phone book? Me. <laughs> now, you'd better get to work or you'll never make your quota. Oh, this year's drive is very important. Why, it's I the most... I know it's important. That's why they made me captain. I got my strategy all figured out. You see, here's my list, right there. Uh, Joe Anderson. Uh, I'll phone up Joe Anderson first. He ought to be good for at least 20. Uh, hello, Joe. Captain Riley talking. Now, about the community chest. Uh, what? 
You will? Oh, that's great, Joe. Yeah, I sure is swell of you. Yeah, you're a real citizen. If everybody was like you, this job would be a cinch. Thanks a million, Joe. What'd he say, Riley? Said he'd think it over. <laughs> what? Well, the way you thanked him, I thought he pledged a lot of money. Now, Riley, you're going at this all wrong. You've Please, got to... Peg, I'm the captain. Now, who's next? John Bennett. Now, the first thing to do is to tell I him that... I know exactly what to tell him. Uh, hello, hello, John. Captain Riley talking. Now, about the community chest. You know, the money is used for... Well, that's right, John. And not only that... Yes, the hospitals. Yeah, you, you said a mouthful, John. Yeah, and the old folks who... Well, that's right. Yeah, very important. You don't say. Why, I didn't know about the underprivileged children. Oh, you're so right, John. I agree with you 100%. Everybody ought to give. You can put me down for $50. He was a pushover. You're supposed to get pledges, not give them. I gave them? Oh, oh, I thought it was too easy. He talks so much. Now, I... listen, will you just once? You've got to be firm with people. You do the talking. If you're going to be wishy-washy, yeah, you you're might... you're right, Peg. I I'm changing my whole strategy. I'll be firm, like you say. Let's see, who's next? Jennings. Oh, he's that big real estate guy. Well, he ought to be good for at least 500. He owns half the real estate around here. Now, remember, don't be wishy-washy. Don't worry. This guy ain't talking me out of it. Hello, Jennings. Listen, you cheap tightwad. How about shelling out for the community chest? You made enough, though, by rooking people on those cheesy houses. Why didn't you... Hello? Hello? <laughs> he hung up on me. Some people just won't give. <laughs> But, Peg, I worked on my list all last night. I know. How much did you collect? Well, I saw Lucas, Mr. Robinson, Bill Cook, Joe Manelli, Tom Franklin. Well, how much did they pledge, Daddy? Well, they were so friendly, I didn't have the heart to ask them for money. You didn't ask? Well, oh, you've got to use sales technique, Pop. Now, figure out how much a fella's good for, ask him for double, and settle for half. Well, what do you know about it, Junior? Well, yesterday I asked you for 50 cents, didn't I? I gave it to you, didn't I? Yeah, but all I wanted was a quarter. Why, <laughs> you, you little Riley, Riley, control yourself. That boy ought to be taught a lesson. And he owes me a quarter, too. <laughs> now, look, dear, while you're at work, suppose I go and see some of these people on your list. No, and no, no, nothing doing. I'm the captain, not you. I got my pride. No woman is going to work for me. Oh, you're too proud to let me work for you, huh? Yes. Oh, it's all right if I wash your shirts, mend your socks, cook your meals, and make your bed. Well, you're entitled to some pleasure. <laughs> now, let's get it straight, Peg. I'll do my own collecting. Oh, then you'll work on it tonight. Well, no, tomorrow. Tonight I got a lodge meeting. Hey, hey, I better get to work. Oh, wait, Pop. I'll give you a lift to the bus on my bike. Well, okay, but this time you sit on the handlebars. Let's go. <laughs> oh, Mother, Daddy will never collect a cent the way he's going in. Oh, I know. And I don't dare do it for him. You heard him just now. Well, somebody'll have to do something. Oh, Bibbs, is that you? Well, where have you been all day? You missed dinner. Mother, look. Good.
heavens, all that money. $148. I went to half the people on Daddy's list, and they were only too glad to give. You didn't. Why, your father will be furious. I promised him I wouldn't. You promised, Mother, but I didn't. He won't be angry when he sees what I collected. Is he home yet? No, he's still at his lodge. Oh, we'll tell him in the morning. Oh, I'm dead. I'm going right to bed. Babs, what about this money? We can't leave it here on the table. Oh, that's right. We better put it in a safe place. How about the cookie jar? No, no, I've got a better idea. Hand me that cornflakes box there. What for? Now what? I empty the cornflakes. <laughs> Mrs. Gillis told me about this trick. Now I put the money in the box and cover it with the cornflakes, see? Why, that's a wonderful idea. Yes. Nobody in his right mind would think of looking there. <laughs> Tell me, Riley, what did you think of the meeting tonight? Well, I think it was a pretty poor turnout, Gillis. Only six members. Maybe at the next open meeting we shouldn't charge admission. Huh? <laughs> no, that ain't it. Them other guys didn't show up because their wives wouldn't let them. No? Sure, you know these wives. Always suspicious. Why, they probably think we got chorus girls at the meetings. What? That's silly. What would we want with chorus girls? Sure, we're all respectable, faithful husbands. Certainly. Besides, our wives are ten times more beautiful than any chorus girl. Now, let's not go overboard. <laughs> Believe me, Riley, us husbands is getting a raw deal from our wives. No, not me. My peg is a honey. They don't trust us, they don't respect us, they don't obey us. And in my case, you don't even like me. <laughs> well, yeah, there's times they do get out of line. You, you take this morning. I asked my wife to lend me five dollars. Do you know what she said? How should I know? I don't go snooping around, eavesdropping on my neighbors. Well, she turned me down flat. All I wanted was five dollars. And, and not even for myself, but to buy her a present. What does your wife want with a flexo muscle builder? <laughs> Gillis, you heard. Well, your window was open and my ears happened to be pointing in that direction. Believe me, she had her knife refusing you a measly fin. Especially when she's probably got a little wad stowed away somewhere. Oh, no, no, no. There you're wrong, Gillis. Wise up. I don't think there's a wife in the country that don't sneak out a little from the pay envelope every week. That's the price you pay for marriage. Two withholding taxes. Ah, <laughs> uh, but Peg swore she never held out. You gotta believe a woman when she swears at you. <laughs> Wake up, Riley. Stop talking like a bachelor. All I say is... Oh, we're home. Say, uh, how about dropping over for a midnight snack to Pierre's Beanery? Well, why spend money? Come on to my house. You can eat off of me. Okay. Let's go through the back so that we don't wake Peg up, huh? Now I can see what's wrong with your marriage. You're too considerate. So she takes advantage. That's how she gets away with holding out dough on you. Oh, pipe down, Gillis. You got Peg all wrong. Well, let's see what there is to eat. She just ain't the type to do such a thing, and if she swears she's broke, I'll stake my life on it. Say, how about some cornflakes? I'll force myself. Okay, Gillis, say when. There you are, Gillis. Riley, I wanted cornflakes, not lettuce. And with Lincoln's picture on a jet. Gillis, that's money there. What a bundle. A hundred, twenty, thirty... A hundred and forty-eight bucks? But I, I, I don't understand. Well, I, I know they give little prizes in cereal boxes. <laughs> but a hundred and forty-eight bucks? Kellogg must have slipped up. Do 
Don't you get it, you lucky dog? You found your wife's hideout. No, it can't be. Peg wouldn't do such a thing. I'll stake my life on it. You already lost one life. But she wouldn't... Mommy, is that here in the kitchen? It's Peg. Quick, hide everything. Don't let her see it in the cupboard. Don't be a chump. Tell her off. Have a showdown. Right here and now. In front of me. <laughs> no. I'm going to put her to a test. I'm giving her one more chance to play square with me. You'll see you're wrong. Oh, I thought it was you, Riley. Say, listen, dear, there's something I got to tell you. Babs, but... Oh, Mr. Gillis, I, I didn't see you. Hey, Mr. Zarn. Uh, what did you, uh, want to tell me, Peg? Well, it, it can wait. I'll tell you later. Good night. Now, wait a minute, Peg. I, I got something to tell you, and it can't wait. It's an emergency. I, uh, need some money. Now, dear, it's midnight. Don't start about that muscle machine now. Now, th this is different. It's important. I need some dough to help somebody out. For who? Uh, a, a pal of mine. Uh, an 80-year-old lady. She, she can't pay her rent, and if I don't help her, she'll be evicted. Out in the street, this poor 80-year-old lady and her three-month-old baby. Her what? Never mind the details. You gotta trust me. I'm asking you to lend me some money. Uh, let's say $20. Now, Riley, I've told you I haven't got any money, and you... You swear it? Oh, this is ridiculous. I'm not gonna stand here arguing with you in front of... I'm going to bed. Good night. Man operator. She didn't bat an eyelash. Gillis, you were right. Of course I was. Now play it smart, Riley. Grab that dough and hold on to it. Well, I... It's I... your moolah. You slave for it, didn't you? Yeah, sure. Why shouldn't I take it? Seventeen years I've been working night and day. That's my dough. I can do what I want with it. Sure, we can have a great time with 148 bucks. <laughs> Let's buy some meat. <laughs> no, no, I got a better idea. I know just what to do with this money. What's that? I'm going to do what everybody should do. I'm going to donate it to the community chest. Boy, wait till these cheapskates on my list here that Riley gave $148. This will give him something to talk about. <laughs> second act of the life of Riley in a moment. Say, Ken, everyone's going for Prell, Procter & Gamble's new radiant cream shampoo in the handy tube. Yes, everybody likes Prell for two reasons. First, Prell leaves hair more radiant than any soap or soap shampoo. For soft, smooth, radiant hair, Prell's a real wonder. Second, Prell's marvelous for dandruff. For Prell removes unsightly dandruff in as little as three minutes. Examinations by a group of doctors proved it. Even stubborn dandruff was controlled by only two Prell shampoos a week. You'll go for that handy Prell tube, too. No messy jars, no slippery bottles. So for hair free of unsightly dandruff, hair radiantly soft and smooth... Get Prell, the shampoo you'll sing about. P-R-E-L-L -L, Prell shampoo Leaves hair radiant, gleaming bright Not a bit of dandruff is in sight Comes in a tube, handy too P-R-E-L-L -L, Prell shampoo Buy Prell shampoo! And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Oh, hiya, Pod. You're home early. Yeah, I got a meeting, Sonny. Where's your mother? She went shopping with Babs. Oh, she wasn't up when I went to work this morning. There's something I wanted to straighten out. Oh, did you have a fight with Mom? Junior, your mother and me never fight. Oh, you just had a tiff. No, that's it. We had a tiff during the fight. 
Oh, now, don't worry, Pop. Mom won't be sore at you when she finds out how much you gave for the community chest. You know? Well, the whole neighborhood knows. When I was delivering my papers, everybody said what a great guy you were, Pop. No kidding. Well, it's about time my true character leaked out. And my school teacher made a speech about you, about good citizenship. Gee, I'm proud of you, Pop. So am I, son. <laughs> hey, how's it feel to be such a big shot? Oh, what did I do? Money don't mean a thing to me when it's a question of helping my brother. Oh, uh, Pop, could I have a dollar? You're not my brother, you're my son. <laughs> oh, now, come on, Pop. I want to take Marilyn Morris to see the new Tarzan picture tonight. They got a special stunt in the lobby. A real live baboon in a cage. Oh, well, for something educational like that, okay. <laughs> Here's a dollar. Oh, gee, thanks a million. Well, I gotta go. There's a special meeting of the whole neighborhood for the community chest. You wanna come along? You bet. Hey, maybe they'll ask you to make a speech. Me? Go on, not me. I wouldn't dream of getting up and boasting how good I am. Oh, no speeches for me. Well, Pop, I Quiet, think that... Quiet, son, I'm thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, unaccustomed as I am to public speaking, I feel it behoves me at this time. Daddy's home, Mother. His hat isn't on the piano. Oh, he must have gone to the meeting. Oh, dear, we better take the money and get right down there. You certainly saved your father's life when you collect... Fab, the money, it's gone. Oh, no. Oh, yes, look. Well, there's nothing but cornflakes here. Mother, we've been robbed. Oh, this is awful. We better tell your father right away. Gee, look what a big crowd. Yeah, it looks like everybody in the neighborhood turned out. Let's go sit in the back row where I won't be noticed. If Mr. Gibson sees me, he's sure to ask me to make a speech, and I just won't do it. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, unaccustomed as I am to public speaking... Well, there's Mr. I Gibson on the platform. I think he's waving to you. Oh, well, I hope he doesn't notice me. Has anybody seen Mr. Riley? Here I am, here! Oh, come right up here. Out of my way, Junior! I've been waiting for you, Riley. I... Want you to sit up here on the platform with me. Sit here? Yes. Oh, no, I couldn't do that, Mr. Gibson. I just couldn't. That's my chair you're sitting in. Oh. <laughs> you sit here. Well, if you insist. Riley, I'm making you the subject of my opening remarks tonight. I hope you don't mind. I'm against it, but anything for the cause. I was born of poor but honest parents 39 years ago. And I'd like this... you to say a few words yourself. Oh, well, anything for the cause. <clears throat> Ladies not and... Not yet, not yet. Huh? Not yet, wait till I open the meeting. Oh. Will you please come to order? Order, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an emergency meeting. I'm afraid that some of us don't just quite seem to realize how important this drive is. If you did, you'd give and give gladly. I know one man who did realize the terrible urgency. Last year, this generous-hearted citizen gave only $10, but this year he gave $148. And that man was Chester Riley. Yes, we can all be proud of Riley, but at the same time, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves because Riley was the only man in this whole district who gave. The only one. Oh. It's a privilege indeed to introduce a generous man, Chester Riley. <clears throat> Fellows, uh, ladies, uh, citizens, unaccustomed... Now look, guys, you know me. My salary ain't nothing to speak of. I got no big bank account. Where did I get $148? By sacrificing. And if I can do it, why can't you? Yes, I mean you, Anderson. 
And you, Bennett. But, Riley, I... And you, Jennings, with those cheesy houses. Now, wait a minute, you. Why can't you give? I did give. I gave 20. Here's my receipt. Here's mine for 25. Here's mine for 20. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, folks. I get it now. Riley's the captain of this district. All the money goes through him. He turned in our donations in his name. No, no, wait. That's robbery. Why, sure, he's a crook. Like he said himself, where would he get $148? Oh, no. Riley, I hope you can explain this. But don't worry, Mr. Gibson. Listen, fellas, I'm no crook. I can explain how I got this money. I didn't steal it. I found it in an old box of cornflakes. Yeah, I think No, wait, fellas, no. Riley! There's my wife. She'll tell you how I... Oh, Riley, something awful's happened. Some low sneak stole $148 that belongs to the community chest. <laughs> what a revolting development this is. <laughs> oh, what a mess. I've been in pretty deep before, but I'll never be in any deeper than I am right now. Time will tell. <laughs> Who's that? It is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> oh, I didn't see you, Digger. Greetings, Riley. You're looking fat. You look horrible. <laughs> Digger, I'm at the end of my rope. Then I'd better go along with you. <laughs> you see, I, I was a captain in the community chest drive. Bully for you. As I always say, the good that you do unto people will come back to you in the end. And so will the people. I, I know. That, that's why I wanted to make good at this job. Well, I'm an old hand at charity. I'm president of a group that regularly sends a parcel of food to needy family. It's the UEPBOMC. U-E-P-B-O-M-C? The Undertakers, Embalmers, and Pallbearers, Bucks of the Month Club. <laughs> well, I like the community chest better. Ditto. I'm working on that, too. Last night at an industry meeting, I told my colleagues, fellow workers, you've got to dig down as you've never dug before. <laughs> Did they? Ah, yes. When we were through, we had a very neat pile. Well, I messed everything up. I found $148 in the house, and by mistake, I turned it into my own name. You, you see, my wife hid it in this box, and so... Oh, I Riley, you deserve to be chastised. Always snooping. Well, what's wrong? Didn't you ever look in a box to see what's in it? Let's not talk shop. <laughs> now everybody thinks I'm a crook. Oh, if I could only square myself. But you can't. Simply donate $148 of your own money to the drive. Yeah, that might do it. But, but, but where will I get all that money? Work in your spare time. Why not work for me? How are you at balancing figure? Well, I'm no good at keeping books. Who said anything about keeping books? <laughs> well, thanks, Digger, but I'd better get some other job. Something that fits me. Eureka! I have it. Something that fits you. A job? Where? Come with me. Oh, you're a real pal, Digger. Someday I'm going to do something for you. He, you name it. What, 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 what can I do for you that you'll really like? Don't bother. You might not like it. <laughs> Come. We'd better be shoveling off. Oh, 
So long, Peg. Oh, where have you been, Riley? We've been looking all over for you. Why did you run out on the meeting like that? Oh, I just couldn't stand it. Everybody thinking I was a crook. But I could have explained everything. They'd have believed me, but you ran out. Now they really think you're guilty. Oh, Peg. Seventeen years we've been married, and I brought you nothing but trouble. Well, I'm going to do the decent thing by you and the kids. I'm having the marriage annulled. Take it easy, Pop. We're all on your side. But I'm no good. We like you the way you are. You bet we do. Ah, oh, Daddy, you know we do. You really like me? Of course. You can get used to anything. <laughs> well, as long as you forgive me, I'll face the music. I'll square myself. I'm going to donate $148 to the community chest. Well, good for you. But where will you get the money, Daddy? Well, I, I got a job in my spare time. Oh, that's fine. Well, what sort of work? Well, I, uh, I got this job through Digger O'Dell. Oh, no, Pop. Not in his window display. <laughs> Don't be silly, Junior. But what kind of a job is it, dear? Well, it, it's... Uh, well, I'll tell you about it later. I've got to go to work right now. Oh, uh, wait, Pop. I'll walk with you. No, no, no. You stay here, Junior. Well, I'm going out anyway. I'm going to see the Tarzan picture at the Rivoli. No, no, not tonight, Junior. Please, stay home. Oh, no, Pop, I can't. I, I've got a date. But you... Well, okay, Junior, go to the movie. But please, son, when you walk in the lobby and see that real live baboon in the cage, don't say hello, Pop. <laughs> I ain't allowed to talk during working hours. We'll be back in just a moment. Popular is the word for Prell, Procter & Gamble's new radiant cream shampoo in the tube. Yes, letters pour in from everywhere praising new Prell. Mrs. Frank Bird of St. Louis writes, Everyone compliments my Prell washed hair. That's because Prell leaves my hair so wonderfully soft, easy to manage, and with a radiant sheen. My thanks for Prell. Friends, one trial, and you'll agree, Prell's remarkable for two reasons. Removes unsightly dandruff quickly, Leaves hair radiantly beautiful. You'll sing about... P-R-E-L-L -L Pearl Shampoo. Leaves hair radiant, gleaming bright. Not a bit of dandruff is in sight. Comes in a tube, handy too. P-R-E-L-L -L Pearl Shampoo. Folks, this is Riley, alias William Bendix. Riley may have had a lot of trouble with the community chest, but believe me, there are plenty of good people in this country of ours whose bigger troubles will be made smaller by the great work made possible by this campaign. So let's not let ourselves down. Let's give. Let's give every dollar we give because every dollar we give will ease the pain and despair of someone less fortunate than you and I. Write that check now, will you? Thanks. We'll invite you to join us again next week to hear The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. The script is by Alan Lipscott and Reuben Shipp. Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow. Digger O'Dell is John Brown. The Life of Riley is produced and directed by Irving Bracker. Music